Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey, welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here is your host, Jim Manfredonia. And a very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come To Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, it is a great joy to be here with you on this beautiful uh, January 12th, 2021. What a lovely day outside, and uh, I was at the uh, store a little earlier, went for the mail and stopped to pick up a few supplies, and uh, this uh, woman standing online next to me, six feet away, said, how about this day? How about this weather? I said, hey. Can't beat it for January, right? Can't beat it for January. But you know, we wear these masks, and you can't see when someone is smiling at you. That's that's one of the many setbacks. <laughs> I know we have to wear them. I'm not knocking the mask thing. But And then I was coming out of the post office, and this young lady was coming in, and she held the door for me, and I smiled, but she didn't see my smile. <sighs> so I'm out there gallivanting today with my mask on. Anyway, I'm happy you're here on this uh, Tuesday, and um, we'll share some some things with you. Uh, Holy Father uh, teaching from Sunday, some quotes by our friend Archbishop Sheen I think are so important uh, in these days of mass confusion, mass confusion, people uncertain about so many things, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about that as well. So, But first we're going to pray, and... Um, we're praying this prayer, consecrating our families to the Holy Family. And um, we, I, I got a number of copies of this prayer. So if you would like a us to send you one, uh, let me know. You can. I don't have anything set up on the website yet. I probably should do that to make it easier. But um, just let me know. I have uh, the beautiful little cards with a beautiful picture of the Holy Family. And on the other side is this prayer consecrating our families to the Holy Family. And as you know, Pope Francis has dedicated this year, and it began on December 8th, and will run through next uh, December 8th, coming up this year, 2021, uh, a year dedicated to St. Joseph. But I also believe, and I think I heard correctly, that on his feast day, March 19th, the Holy Father also wants us then to dedicate this year to the Holy Family. So, we're praying this beautiful prayer. It's a prayer that was uh, brought to my attention on the Feast of the Holy Family a couple of weeks ago uh, when I was at Mass up at uh, St. Magdalene's Parish in Flemington, and the Knights of Columbus passed out this prayer uh, to the people. So we prayed it before Mass uh, to consecrate our families to the Holy Family of Nazareth. So we'll pray this prayer and our other little prayers and uh, begin, my friends, wherever you are listening or watching, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord Jesus, you lived in the home of Mary and Joseph in Nazareth. There you grew in age, wisdom, and grace as you prepared to fulfill your mission as our Redeemer. We entrust our family to you. O blessed Mary, you are the mother of our Savior. At Nazareth, you cared for Jesus and nurtured him in the peace and joy of your home. We entrust our family to you. 
St. Joseph, you provided a secure and loving home for Jesus and Mary and gave us a model of fatherhood while showing us the dignity of work. We entrust our family to you. Holy Family, we consecrate ourselves and our family to you. May we be completely united in a love that is lasting, faithful, and open to the gift of new life. Help us to grow in virtue, to forgive one another from our hearts, and to live in peace all our days. Keep us strong in faith, persevering in prayer, diligent in our work, and generous toward those in need. May our home, O Holy Family, truly become a domestic church, where we reflect your example in our daily life. Amen. And we'll pray our prayers to uh, St. Michael and also the beautiful ancient prayer to our Blessed Mother, the Subtum Presidium Prayer. Holy Father asks us to pray these prayers, specifically praying to protect the Church from the attacks of the devil. And we've added uh, to protect our country from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the heavenly host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God, do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you, pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. St. Pope John Paul II, pray for us. St. Joseph, terror of demons, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you, thank you, my friends, for praying. And uh, again, if you're listening on one of our domestic church media radio stations here in New Jersey or Pennsylvania. I welcome you. We're so blessed to have four stations here in the area. But you know, as technology expands, uh, we expand with the technology. So we're also coming to you in so many other ways that take us well beyond the borders of our terrestrial radio signal. Uh, so maybe you're listening on the Amazon Echo device or the Google Home device. Either of those devices, just say play domestic church media, and uh, we'll come uh, on those uh, speakers there. Uh, you can also listen by using our free mobile app. I hope you're downloading this app. It's a fantastic mobile app. It has not just all things domestic church media, but so many other resources. And I want to talk a little bit about that and the importance of of authentic resources and sources of information uh, for you. Um, but you can download that app. It's free. Just go to your app store and search for Domestic Church Media. Also, of course, we stream live on our uh, homepage and also on our YouTube channel, DCMTV, youtube.com slash Domestic Church Media, and also live video on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Domestic Church Media, and live video on our homepage at domesticchurchmedia.org. So, so many ways. And, you know, I got a, I got a nice little a note the other day from a gentleman listening in Brazil, actually watching in Brazil. So, you know, it's great uh, to see how uh, the Lord is allowing us to reach way beyond 
where we thought we would be reaching when we first began this work. And and uh, thanks be to God, my brothers and sisters, keep in prayer now um, <clears throat> some special projects here that um, have been placed on my heart really for a couple of years. Uh, but we had a board of directors meeting on Saturday, and we discussed the importance of expanding even more in other areas and other platforms. And um, just got to make this happen. And so I was with the Lord today and this first thing this morning and sat with him a little bit, talked about that. <laughs> and uh, and I, I, I emailed our friend Bruce yesterday to share some good news with him about where we're moving ahead in these areas. Uh, Bruce Tabaco, as you know, who hosts his uh, wonderful Come to the Throne program, his prayer program here Monday, on uh, first and third Mondays. And I said, I, you know, I turned 66 in, in December. I thought I'd be able to kind of lay back a little bit. But the Lord said, oh, no, 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 no. You've got a lot more work to do. So anyway, keep that in prayer because we have opportunity, I believe, I really do believe now to grow even more and reach even more people with the truth. And that's really what I want to start with today. You know, over the weekend, there was a ridiculous, ridiculous uh, um, fake news account um, that was going viral <clears throat> about the Holy Father uh, having been arrested uh, on 80 counts of human trafficking, some, some human trafficking, and the Vatican went went dark, and 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 I mean, <sighs> this. This stuff is from hell. You know, you, you really have to be careful, so careful, what your sources of information are these days because they are wide and varied and many. And you see from the news about the control that social media has over people and how even given what's going on politically, uh, for us to see... Um, what censorship can do and what this type of power can do. Now, we're very blessed here at Domestic Church Media to have these four radio stations in New Jersey, to have all the technology available to us that allows us to broadcast way beyond our borders here in the tri-state area. And as I said, I, 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 I'm very, very excited about the, the advancements that hopefully we'll be making soon, sooner than later, uh, to expand even more into other media platforms that will allow us to reach even more people, but to broadcast the truth, the truth. And, and see, that's, that's what's missing today. Nobody really knows what the truth is. People have their own favorite sources of and resources for information. And sadly, there are even some outlets out there, and, and, and I've talked about this before, but there are outlets out there that call themselves Catholics, uh, Catholic that many good Catholics rely on as a source of information that are, in my mind, very, very questionable. I'll tell you a, a key thing to watch for. <clears throat> this is what I always watch for. When you see a a, a, a very, um, what's the word they use in, in newspapers, uh, whether it be exclusive or, uh, you know, a, a headline that just really jumps out at you about something like this last thing over the weekend, the Holy Father having been arrested, uh, silliness. 
and the headline catches your attention and you begin to read and you start to say, wow, wow, this, and you, you, you start to take it as truth. The minute you see, and this is always a red flag for me, the minute you see any of these types of stories, uh, you know, whether they're uh, from whatever source you're reading, and they say that this information was obtained, here's the quote, here's the key, through a, a, a an anonymous, reliable Vatican source or an, a reliable, unnamed Vatican source, I would run away from that story as fast as you can. Because when they start using phrases like that, <laughs> you don't know where that, that, that information is coming from. Well, actually, you probably do if you, you can smell the sulfur. <laughs> so be very, very careful. So what I feel that our call right now here at Domestic Church Media is and will be is to ensure that what we present to you is absolute truth totally in line with the magisterial teachings of Holy Mother Church and that you don't have to question the source because we will only bring you true and truth. And again, you know, we're not even a news, we're not a news station here. We're not, our responsibility here isn't to bring you news. We're here to preach the gospel. That's why domestic church media exists. That's why we're here. And we're here to do it in a way that is a real down-to-earth <laughs> way of doing it. You know, when, I, when we think back to when and how we began so many years ago um, with literally nothing, and you see how God and our Lord work in all of this, just like that we read last week with the multiplication of the fish and, and loaves and fish. Lord, The Lord will say, give me what you have, as little as it is, <laughs> And watch him multiply it. I see this now, and I think back to many, many years ago. And now we're talking. Here it is, 2021. I'm talking about uh, maybe 15, 16 years ago, standing outside this property where I sit right now with not a dime in my pocket, but saying, Lord, I, I, I really feel that you're leading us here, and but I can't do this with nothing. People need Catholic radio in this area. People need to hear the truth broadcast. And he said, you give it to them. <laughs> what do you want me to do? Well, give me what you have. And you see what he does. And not only that, he made himself and is really and truly present right here in our building with us in the Blessed Sacrament. And I do believe he's calling us to even grander uh, opportunity. And not for ourselves, not not for to, to, to you know... Um, line our uh, pockets in any way. That certainly is not a, a business one gets in to make money. <laughs> I can tell you that. But to expand opportunity for proclaiming and broadcasting the truth. That's what this is about. And you know, my brothers and sisters, you, you hear me and I know, I know you get tired of hearing me say, asking, you know, please help us, please help us, please help us. That's the only way we can do these things. The Lord has, has sustained us through uh, your prayer and generosity and his many, many uh, abundant graces. And I do believe he's calling us even to other areas of broadcasting, other areas of media to do this. 
So just please keep that in prayer. I'm excited about it. I, I you know I, I get I get invigorated when I see these major major challenges ahead of me. <laughs> okay, all right. How are we going to overcome this obstacle? How are we going to how are we going to make this happen? Only with God's help. But the Lord counts on us to be His hands and His feet here in this world, you know. And so, please join me in praying for this. I'll get into more detail as we progress. Um, as I said, we had a board of directors meeting on uh, Saturday and made some decisions on where to go. And now it's like, take the torch and run with it, you know. But I, I need you. I need you to pray for us. and I need you to just continue to support us because there's so much work to do, especially these days when there's so much confusion out there, so much division, so much hatred. Uh, um, um, polarization, and I'm talking not just politically, but within our church. You know, no one wants to join a church that's tearing itself down. We're here to evangelize, to build up the kingdom on earth, to build up this civilization of love, not to tear each other down, to point fingers and judge and criticize and, and and puff ourselves up. We're here to be humble servants and disciples of Jesus. And I, I do believe, my brothers and sisters, that's what the Lord is continuing to ask domestic church media to do, especially in this year of St. Joseph and eventually the Holy Family. That's how it all began with a desire, Sharon and I had many, many, many years ago to begin an apostolate that would that would promote the cause of marriage and family life. And here we are so many years later. Our, you know, we started, our children were little. Now we have little grandchildren. That's how long we've been doing this. To continue to build up God's kingdom in truth, not in lies and uh, um, outlandish, ridiculous stories to catch attention, but just truth, just the gospel. You know, we talk about all these things that people should be doing and how people should be behaving and what they should be believing. And it all comes down to this, that if you know and live the Catholic faith, everything else falls into place. Like the Lord said, you know, seek first the kingdom and everything else will be added unto this. You know, we have uh, this month, of course, is, and I, I don't want to mention this to you now, I don't want to forget about it, um, that the New Jersey bishops are asking all of us to Catholics to join in a prayer of uh, fasting and prayer to support a culture of life. Um, there was a letter signed by all the Catholic bishops of New Jersey, including uh, Bishop Archbishop uh, Tobin of Newark, Bishop our own Bishop O'Connell, and all the bishops. Um, asking us for a day of prayer and fasting to end abortion on January 22nd. Uh, it, it's a week ahead of the March for Life, um, which is, I guess, the 29th. And in October, New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy announced legislation that would make pro-abortion mandates part of state law, this Reproductive Freedom Act. So there's a lot, a lot to pray for, and the bishops here in New Jersey have asked us on January 22nd, to make it a day of prayer and fasting to end abortion, to build up a culture of life. 
And you see, this is all part of it. But, you know, my brothers and sisters, also I believe that in order for things to change, you know, you want people's minds to change over this, this issue and other issues, euthanasia and other, so many other issues that are out there. Minds won't change until first hearts change. And hearts change when they have a revelation, a revelation of truth, a revelation of the message of the gospel and an understanding of that message to put everything in proper perspective and light so they see the error of their ways if they're pro-abortion or pro-euthanasia uh, or into anything else that, that is spiritually harmful. The, re- the light of revelation enlightens their hearts, and that changes their mind. It doesn't work the other way around. Their mind will change when their hearts change, and we have to help people's hearts change. And do it in a way that is approachable, a way that allows people to want to listen. I'm not here to chastise you. I'm not here to scold you. I'm not here to point my finger at you or judge you. I'm here to present to you another way. You know, we, I, you hear me say on that little spot that we're running this month uh, asking for support about the uh, the end of the gospel on the Feast of the Epiphany, where we're told that the, the three kings went home by another way. And Archbishop Sheen one time reflected on that and said, well, sure, they had to go a, a different way. They had to change their way because they changed. They just met Jesus. And there are so many people I think out there that you know, that I know, that don't really know him. Maybe haven't even ever been told about him. The way you and I live our lives and live, give witness to our faith, the way you and I, in our charity toward everyone else, you know, we don't put ourselves on a pedestal and look down and say, well, we're disciples of Jesus, we're up here. That's exactly the opposite of what Jesus said. We are to love and serve one another. So we come out through all of these means of broadcasting, of sharing this truth to try to reach as many people as possible. I can tell you, you know, as I said, now I'm into my 26th year of doing Catholic radio. I started Many, many years ago when I was, in 1995, when I was buying time on a, a station in Camden, New Jersey to do this program <laughs> an hour, just like I'm doing now. And I, I can't tell you over the many, many years that I've been doing this, how many correspondences I have received and still do from people who say, thank you. And don't thank me. Thank the Lord. I'm just the instrument. But thank you for sharing the truth with me. I've, I've, I've returned to the faith. I was away from the church, but now I'm back because of what I'm hearing on, on, on your broadcasts. And that's why as we expand, you know, it, it, it seems like a, 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 such an enormous task. And it is. But it's one that is well worthwhile, even if we save just one soul through what the Lord is doing uh, here through us. But I can tell you, I know there are many, many, many souls who are changed in heart 
because of what they hear on any one of our broadcasts that we bring you 24-7. And that's when the world will begin to change. You know, you, you see the statistics. You see church attendance is down, people leaving the church. Well, they're leaving the truth. They're walking away from what they need to know to get them home to heaven. And on this pilgrimage that is our life on earth, we are called every day to give witness to that truth. It doesn't mean that we walk around with our head in a Bible or a catechism and uh, walk around, you know, as Pope Francis said, you know, with like, like pickled peppers. Just the opposite. We should walk around with an enormous joy that everybody sees. That's the sad thing about these masks. They hide the expression of joy that we have through a smile, uh, even, even laughter. A joyful laughter, a, a joyful smile, a joyful way of communicating, a joyful way of, of, of interacting. What gives you that joy? Why are you like that? Well, why shouldn't I be like that? I, I, I know and love the Lord, and he's, he's promised me a kingdom. He's promised that I will reign with him one day. As long as I follow him and walk with him. And do what he has taught. And if you're not living that way, and if you're not believing those things, I'm not going to yell at you or point my finger at you or chastise you or judge you. I want to share with you the truth that will set you free from that. I want to bring to you the way to be set free from that life you're in and show you how you too can have this joy. That's what it's about. You know, we celebrated on, on Sunday the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord, and every one of us should have been brought back to our own baptism at that on that special day, the day that you and I were baptized into Christ, the day that you and I were entered into the body of Christ. What a great day that was. Jesus called us to himself, and we were baptized with those living waters. And ever since, our heart has been on fire with that love. Now, we've had many times, I'm sure, myself included, where the world has tried to lure us away from that and, and show us other things that maybe were more, more worldly pleasing to us and attractive to us through the eyes of the world. But the Lord gently calls us back to himself. He says, no, don't go that way. It may look like... It's going to be a nice road to go down, but it's the road to perdition. Don't go down that road. Follow me. Not only that, deny your very self. Take up your cross and follow me. It's not an easy road. But the ultimate destination is beyond our understanding of what awaits us. And don't you want every person to experience that, even your worst enemy, even the person who you may have had, may have the most uh, difficult time even liking in this world. It should be what you want for that individual. I want heaven for you. And that's what we try to express here, my brothers and sisters. That's what we try to bring you every day. And, and I see opportunity 
after opportunity after opportunity as I pray about it and I, I, I look ahead as, as far ahead as I can and say, okay, how can we do this? Just like we did so many years ago in, in, in envisioning domestic church media in the beginning and Catholic radio. And now it's Catholic media. Now it's way beyond radio. Radio is important, and it is our major uh, um, operation right now. But there are so many other opportunities now with technology opening up where we can expand and go into all these other areas and reach even more and more people every day with that truth, the truth that will make them free. I hope you can hear my voice. I get so excited about this. I'm, I, you know, when I see new opportunity, all of a sudden, I was kind of in a little bit of a, a in once after Christmas, you know, a little bit of a, a lull there, and we all kind of get those uh, beginning of January blues. But the Lord said, "Oh, stop that! <laughs> stop that! There's so much more we have to do here." And I'm inviting you, my brothers and sisters, to join us in whatever way you can. And again, I'll get into more detail as we enter more deeply into these uh, newest adventures and share our needs with you. But I see enormous potential. I don't care what the world is doing right now. Our responsibility is to rise above the muck and mire of this world right now and all the crap that's going on out there and say, oh, we are Christians. We are disciples of Jesus. And we have a better way, world. We have a much better way. Let us share it with you and see, see that what we have to offer through Christ is an eternity of, of, of peace beyond all understanding. There's a battle going on right now. You know it. I have to tell you that. A spiritual battle. We see Satan at work in so many areas of, the, of life, but he's the prince of this world. And he's the prince of lies and deception. We, my brothers and sisters... We bring you truth with a capital T. His name is Jesus Christ. Okay, let me take a break. When I come back, uh, well, I didn't want to go that far. I had other, but no, we'll see. The Holy Spirit always guides me here. So stay where you are. There's more to come on Come to Me. Don't go away. are on EWTN Radio. One of the things that we often think about in our spiritual lives is how to do something big for God. But really, most of the time, we should focus on how we can do something small for God. It's these small things that help us consecrate our ordinary daily activities and help us do everything for Jesus Christ. Catholic Answers Live. Heard right here on Domestic Church Media, weeknights at 6. Everyone has to work through mounds of mundane stuff every day. Even the Pope has to rubber stamp a stack of papers today. The question is, what spirit do you bring to that stuff? I was folding laundry the other day for six kids. The mound was huge, and I was starting to get this terrible attitude. Arg! I don't want to be doing this. 
And I remembered a guy who reached out to our ministry anonymously through an email contact form. He was in a different continent. He said, can someone come visit me? I'm ill, I'm so lonely, I have no friends, no family. He was just reaching out to the internet in desperation. I almost started crying as I folded each shirt. Thank you God for the kid who wears this shirt, the wife who wears that dress. Listen, if you have work today, give thanks. And if you have people you love who you're getting to work for, give thanks even more. If you do, your work might still be kind of stinky, but at least you won't be. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com on EWTN Radio. 60 Seconds with Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. And neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. That is why those who share that spirit understand one another so readily. To try to teach people about Christ and the mysteries of our holy faith is almost like trying to teach a blind man color, unless those people are ready to receive the spirit of Christ himself. Now converts who take instruction come to know that Jesus is our Lord. Where do they learn it? From the Spirit. The Holy Spirit woos the soul, draws it to a closer fellowship, to a more intimate union, becomes our sanctifier, just as the Father is our Creator and the Son is our Redeemer. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Bishop Robert Barron. Tolkien has reached out to, you know, Nordic culture and literature and Icelandic sagas and all sorts of things. He learned a lot about the good, the true, and the beautiful from his study of pre-Christian cultures. He used narrative forms that were accessible to the culture. He adapted that to evangelical purposes. So that shows you that flexibility. It shows you a certain um, creativity in the evangelical uh, art. He did not proselytize. Rather, he very delicately and indirectly and cleverly evangelized through the imagination so that someone taking in these great stories of Tolkien or his friend C.S. Lewis, they're going to say, oh yeah, I get that. I recognize that pattern. So that finally when they hear the gospel, they'll say, yeah, I understand that. I learned that from the Lord of the Rings. I learned that pattern from the Narnia stories. That was the genius of those fellas. The leading Catholic voices are on EWTN Radio. From Moorestown to Manilokan. Bedminster to Brick. Freehold to Fort Dix. Ringo's to Roosevelt. From Old Bridge to Oceanport. Red Bank to Rocky Hill. Proclaiming the joy of the gospel on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Welcome back on this beautiful January 12th, 2021. Um, my goodness, can't beat this for the middle of January. <laughs> Hope you're getting out there and enjoying some of the weather. It's a little, you know, a little brisk, but uh, the sun is bright and warm, and um, it is January. Another six months from now, we'll be complaining about the heat and humidity. Uh, let's see. Well, um, I have here, I, I had the Pope's uh, Angelus message from Sunday, the Feast of the Baptism, but uh, um, I'll just give you a couple quotes. They won't do the whole thing. But the Holy Father said, love calls for love. Uh, 
and this applies to us. In each act of service and every work of mercy we perform, God manifests himself and sets his gaze upon the world. This reveals to us that even before we do anything, our life was marked by mercy and it was laid upon us. And this, Pope Francis said, happened on the day of our baptism. There we were immersed in the love of Christ who died and rose for us. There we received the gift of the Holy Spirit. There the Father said to each one of us, as he did to Jesus, Thou art my beloved Son. God's mercy is so great, the Holy Father said, that even those who are not baptized receive it and can trust in the resurrection if their hearts are open. He said, We may think the wrong things, make many mistakes, but we always remain God's beloved children. It is our deepest identity. And then he said, May Our Lady, to whom we now pray, help us to cherish our baptismal identity, which lies in the base of faith and life. And, you know, we should be celebrating our baptismal day. I sent a text to our youngest son, Anthony, this past Sunday, as you know, was the feast of the baptism of the Lord. And it was January 10th. And it was on that day, January 10th, Oh, 28 years ago when our youngest son, Anthony, was baptized. He was baptized on the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord. Uh, it happened to be on January 10th that year. And the autumn before that, you know, a few months before, my parents had gone to the Holy Land on pilgrimage. And my mom came back with a jar of water from the Jordan River, knowing that Anthony would be... <laughs> was, you know, due in December, and we'd have him baptized. So she brought back water from the Jordan uh, to baptize him. So we thought that was a, would have been obvious. That's why we chose the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord to be baptized on the same day with, with water from the Jordan River. But you know what? He screamed and screamed and screamed that day. <laughs> something something powerful about that water. Uh, you know, got the devil out of him. Not that <laughs> He just screamed and screamed and screamed during the whole uh, ceremony. But uh, we should all remember our baptismal day. Mine is this this month. It's the 30th of January. Um, and um, if I can, because I was baptized up in Bergen County, but uh, haven't been up there for a few years, but I, I have been up there. And, and it's the same. They still have in St. Joseph's Church up there in Bogota, New Jersey, on Palisades Avenue, the same baptismal font. Because I asked one time, I was there, and I was asking the priest, I said, how long has this baptismal font been here? It's all for since, you know, we already said the 30s or the 30s or the 20s, 30s, 40s. So it was the same baptismal font that I was baptized in. And uh, we found out that our, our uh, compadre here, uh, Bill Maher, who ho- co-hosts the Brothers in Arms with uh, George Rose, was baptized in that same font. His family was also from Pagoda, New Jersey, which not the same time, a little bit of an age difference there, but he was baptized in St. Joseph's Church in that same font. But we should be celebrating that. That's the day that we were baptized into Christ. And, you know, every time we bless our, because now there's no holy water in the fonts, but every time we bless ourselves with holy water, it really reminds us and renews that baptism in, in a way. And, and we should remember that. What a great gift our parents gave us by bringing us to the baptismal waters. Right? A great gift, the gift of our faith. Now, Let's do this. I, I um, think we're in a, you know, you know where we are in this world. This world right now is is topsy-turvy. 
we're in such upheaval in so many areas of life. The political scene is 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 just a mess. I was watching last night. <laughs> it was on one of those movie channels that free movie channels. Uh, I mean, the channel would be called Movies. I don't know. It was free. 1964, the movie Fail Safe. Remember that movie, Fail Safe, with Henry Fonda, and uh, a lot of a lot of famous people. Where I was watching that, Dom DeLuise was in it. Uh, Larry Hagman was in it. Um, but it's a story about there was a uh, there is a command that our uh, military will receive to attack. In this case, it was to to attack Russia. That because of of whatever the situations may be, no matter what, no matter who tells you, this command is the fail-safe command. Just go for it, and, and no matter even if the president himself gets on, don't listen. Just do you know? It's a trick. So anyway, the whole movie revolves around that, and then and, and you know, I won't. In case you never saw it. I won't give you the spoiler, but uh, I was watching it, and I was thinking that was the, the United States in the Cold War where we knew who our enemy was. <laughs> and I thought about our country today, and, and we don't know who—we we don't really—well, we know in a sense, but we, we, the enemies are from within. It's so sad because there's such division. And a lot of it, my friends, I believe, is, is based on, on the absence of God in the lives of so many. You know, for years and years and years, since the 1960s, there's been an effort to remove God from our schools, our government, our way of life, you know, and and, and you can see the effects of that. And, and one of the quotes that I have here from Bishop Sheen says, for the new atheism is not like the old. A theoretical atheism, which prided itself on being intellectually compounded of a little science, anthropology, and comparative religion. The new atheism is not of the intellect, but of the will. It is an act of free and eager rejection of morality and its demands. It starts with the affirmation of self and denial of the moral law. And, uh, you know, all you have to do is hear some of these people talk about their particular beliefs, and I'm talking about politicians and, and pe- people of prominence. And sadly, you know, we make entertainers and sports figures people of prominence. I don't know why, but we do, who express those uh, ideas and those ideologies. Um, another quote from Bishop Sheen, this is the choice before us, either try to revolutionize the world and break under it or revolutionize ourselves and make the world. See, that's what I was saying earlier. You know, in order for the world around us to change, we're not necessarily going to change people's minds. But it's only when hearts change that people come to the realization and have the revelation of truth that they begin to see through a different prism, a different way of looking at things. I was reading an article, um, <clears throat> I guess it was the Gallup poll. I, may have, I, probably think I, I think I did share with you. It was a Gallup poll. One of the polls said that people of faith, people who have a true belief value and system, 
were less afraid of the coronavirus. In other words, they didn't they didn't they, they didn't live in fear of it. Now we, we all you know obviously it's a deadly virus. It has killed some people, a few hundred thousand of them. They say, and I had it, and Cheryl had it, and we were blessed to not have had a severe case of it. We had, in fact, we didn't even know we had it. Had a little scratchy throat, little drip in the back, little tired. Cheryl had a very little fever, 99.6 or something, and she went to get a COVID test and it came back negative. So, but we did find out that, you know, we did have it because we went ahead and got the antibody test just before Christmas and they came, both came back positive. So we did have a case of it. We know many people, many, uh, you know, people have, have gotten very ill and many people have died from it. So we understand the seriousness of it. But there's a lot of other things, too, to be afraid of out in the world. <laughs> The people of faith don't seem to be as fearful. Fear is useless, you know. So in order for us to help other people, as Bishop Sheen said, we either try to revolutionize the world and, you know, make make people change. First, we have to revolutionize ourselves and remake the world. Great quote. Great quote. Uh, The good archbishop once said to every Christian, There comes the uh, supreme moment when he must choose between temporal pleasure and eternal freedom. In order to save our souls, we must often run the risk of losing our bodies. You know, again, the, the lure of the world is very powerful. And because of our own concupiscence, we tend and lean in that direction. But the more we allow ourselves to understand truth, the truth of Jesus Christ, and live that truth, the better we understand that these temporal pleasures of the world are certainly not worth losing our eternal freedoms. Uh, Bishop, uh, This is a great one. Bishop Sheen once said, the barbarism of the new era... Now, remember, Bishop Sheen died in 1979. So these quotes are at least 45 years old. The new barbarism of the new era will not be like that of the Huns of old. It will be technical, scientific, secular, and propagandized. It will not come from without, but from within. For barbarism is not outside us, It is underneath us. Other civilizations were destroyed by imported barbarism. Modern civilization breeds its own. So very prophetic. I know a lot of people are worried about the world right now. A lot of people, you know, waiting for this is it. You know, this is the beginning of the end. I don't know. Hey, hey, it could be. Who knows? But we're in it. You know, the Lord put us in this world at this time for a purpose and a reason. It's not by accident that you and I are in the world in the year 2021 in the country of the United States of America in the midst of all that's going on around here. You know, the church has been persecuted for for 2,000 years. I think it was 
um, reading a quote earlier, I, think, I believe it was St. Thomas More. I think I don't have it in front of me. I'm going to think it was. I'm going to think it was St. Thomas More who said the church has been persecuted throughout history, but it was in those times of toughest persecution. And I'm paraphrasing, in those t- toughest times of persecution, that great saints were raised, great men and women, great leaders, church leaders were raised. Jesus said. The gates of hell will never prevail. But, of course, what that implies is that the gates of hell will try to prevail. And you can see Satan rattling, (laughs) you know, the cage right now. Because the church, you know, is there is threat, I think, given the current direction of the country based on what people talk about and those who are going to be in power soon that we may see our religious freedoms chipped away at. We may see even apostolate such as this come under the gun in one way or another. I don't know. Maybe. Hey, listen. That's, uh, that's the, I would wear that as a badge of honor, wouldn't you? We've heard, all we're doing is speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ and salvation, and people come down on you for that. But Bishop Sheen again. I, there's no, unfortunately, there's no, there's no uh, um, date here. So I don't know when this was. But again, he passed away in 1979. So it's it's over 40 years old. The barbarism of the new era will not be like that of the Huns of old. It will be technical, scientific, secular, and propagandized. It will come not from without, but from within. And I, I, I think we see that in many ways right now. One of the ways is the media. <laughs> and Bishop Sheen one time said, again, this is over 40 years old. So, again, I think it's very prophetic. In journalism, in journalism, modern man wants controversy, not truth. Boy, if that doesn't speak volumes to especially social media— In journalism, the modern man wants controversy, not truth. This is a quote of Bishop Sheen from over 40 years ago. You don't remember, I remember, I'm sure many of you do, uh, when I was growing up, you know, the the grand old man of the newsroom was Walter Cronkite, CBS News. And uh, he was often, every year, voted the most trusted man in America. He was a newsman. He was an anchor man. Every night, he'd come on the CBS Evening News and tell you what's going on. And in many ways, that was the only source of information for most people in those days. You'd watch the, you know, your evening newscast. You'd listen to the news on the radio. You'd get your newspaper every day. That was it. Or the gossip around the water cooler in the, in the office. But people's sources for news or information 40, 50 years ago was that. You you watch the news on television, and it was network news you could trust. Or you'd watch your local news you could trust. Or you'd get your your newspaper. Now, newspapers, you know, they had had leanings toward... um, 
particular uh, um, political ideologies, right or left. Every day, my every day, my you know, was, there was a time there where when I was going to Seton Hall, my my freshman and sophomore year, I was a commuter, and my father worked in Bloomfield, so I worked out my schedule. So he would, we, I would drive with my father up there. He'd drop me off on South Orange Avenue. I'd take the bus down South Orange Avenue to the university. He'd go to work, come back at night, drive over to the university, pick me up, and take me home. So we had this little routine going. For a couple of years. But every morning, I'll never forget, every morning my father would stop on the way at the newsstand and pick up the daily news. <laughs> and I'd get to read the daily news on the way up to the, and the daily news had a, a left, I'm sorry, a right-leaning uh, um, ideology. My father was a lifelong Republican. And, um, but today, you don't know who that, but that was the only source of news we had. And we took it as truth. We, we trusted our journalists. We trusted our broadcasters. We trusted those with this, the powerful uh, and the power that the media had to be truthful. And sadly today, we, 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 don't, we don't have that. We, we, we may think we do, but everybody has a spin. If you're watching, you know, social media or, or uh, cable news or everybody has a spin. But I think people in general have lost a sense of integrity over the course of the decades. They've lost a sense of truth. And I think this, again, this quote from Bishop Sheen from had to be over 40 years ago, in journalism, the modern man wants controversy, not truth. And Sadly, I think that that is true. Uh, let's see if I have I have a couple minutes here. Let's see. Uh, a popular God is dead book. This is from Bishop Sheen. A popular God is dead book in the United States argues that homosexuality will become normal in a humanistic society where there is no restriction of morals which come from religion. St. Paul declared homosexuality and atheism were related to one another as a f effect to cause. Now, you say this today, as I just said it here, and people will you know, call you a hate monger. But it's truth. St. Paul declared homosexuality and atheism were related to one another as effect to cause. Effect to cause. So these words from the archbishop, who, by the way, is still his cause is still in limbo. Um, we don't know where it's going from here, but hopefully it'll open up again, and we can get this good man beatified on his way to canonization. But a lot of great wisdom there from Bishop Sheen. You know, it was Bishop Sheen who. Uh, was an inspiration to me in the beginning. That's why two of our stations have the call letters WFJS for Fulton J. Sheen. Um, but it's it's worth going and doing some you know research on your own, finding some of these writings of Bishop Sheen and other good, solid, authentic. Father Groeschel is another one. God rest his soul. Of course, Mother, Mother Angelica. Father Apostoli wrote some wonderful books. You could trust these people with truth. And you knew, and I knew all of them 
you know, some more than others for, uh, personally. Not Sheen, <laughs> but, but the WTN friends. And we still need that. We need to be able to bring that truth to light. People are so confused these days and so uh, concerned about the direction of the country. And, and, you know, we have a right as citizens here to um, be concerned. But let's also remember that our ultimate citizenship is in heaven and that we should be concerned about the state of our immortal souls. And also, though, along this journey here that is this pilgrimage to our Father's house, we are called to be Christ's light here in the world, to be the light of the world. And the world needs this light now more than ever. The world is a dark place. And you, my brothers and sisters, and I, and all of us who are uh, disciples of Jesus are called to bring that light into the world. And it may involve persecution and, and, and dry martyrdom along the way, but that's all right. That's all right. That, that's, a, that's a great, great call. And, and I'm praying that what we do here as we expand our, our platforms, as we expand our reach, that we reach more and more people, and people can count on domestic church media to bring them the truth that this will be a place of safety, of safe harbor, of security, of a beacon of light in this world of darkness. So stay with us. Coming up next, Al Cresta in the afternoon, and I'll be back again tomorrow, God willing. Have a great rest of your day on this beautiful January 14th. I'm sorry, January 12th. <laughs> Enjoy it. I'll be back tomorrow. God bless you.